Good evening. Uh, welcome again. Um, if you're visiting this evening, my name is Jeff Crispin. I'm one of the elders here at Joy Community Fellowship of Pittman, Joy Williamstown. It is good to look out and see your uh, faces this evening. I can hear Ben King singing. That is a joy to my soul to hear Ben King singing this evening. So uh, welcome. It is good to be here. I hope uh, that's not the first time that you said the words, Jesus, thank you today. Uh, he, he is so worthy uh, of our uh, gratitude. He is so worthy of our expressions of Jesus, thank you. It seems simple, but it is profoundly significant. And as we would open up God's word uh, now, I, I, I pray uh, that we have a little, as we come to the end of this next 15, 20 minutes, we have a, a little bit more of, a, of an understanding of just how worthy uh, Jesus is of those simple words, Jesus, thank you. If you've got your Bibles this evening, I'd like you to turn to Luke chapter 17. And our text uh, is found in Luke's gospel, and we are going to read uh, from God's word this evening, and we're going to take just a few minutes uh, and move through a glorious passage. And let me lift up a few simple truths for us to consider, and hopefully that will motivate, and that will inspire, and that will enrich uh, our testimonies this evening as we come and give Jesus the thanks that he is truly due. Uh, Luke chapter 17 Beginning in the 11th verse, a story hopefully that we're familiar with, but Lord, uh, I would pray to the Lord tonight that we would uh, draw great insight together as we look at this text for just a few moments. Verse 11, on the way to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they were on their way, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You bow with me for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, I pray in just these few moments you would do what only you can do. Illumine our hearts, give us understanding into this your word. Like King David, might your word to us. Be more precious than gold. Yes, much fine gold. May it be sweeter than honey in the dripping of the honeycomb. Lord, only you can make this happen. So would you be pleased tonight to do that here among your people. Receive the glory we pray, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, keep it quick, right to the point. Uh, we're going to look at the situation. We're going to look at the nine, and we're going to look uh, this evening at the one. So let's begin with the situation this evening that we just read. Uh, for me, there are a few more pitiful sights uh, in all of Scripture. Uh, the Bible is very real when it comes to human suffering, but this one, at least for me, seems to stand out. Uh, Jesus cures all kinds of diseases, many maladies. Uh, we see Jesus uh, healing, but leprosy uh, just is, 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 for me, is in a, in a special category uh, of human suffering. Uh, leprosy is, is debilitating, it is disfiguring, it is deadly. And worse of all, leprosy is, is contagious. 
And that means to have the disease of leprosy, you are cut off from every social interaction in all of society, familial, uh, uh, spiritual, just society in general, you are cut off from all relationships. And this one tonight is times 10. It's not an individual that's being healed, but it's 10 uh, human beings with a miserable plight and no hope of change. And the word of God says that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And as he's between Samaria and Galilee, Jesus encounters these 10 lepers. Uh, the 10 lepers come, they stand at a distance, they, they cannot enter a town, they can't enter a building, they can't be anywhere people are. So they stand at a distance and they shout with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And I say that loud and kind of in an uncomfortable way because that's the way that it was. They couldn't get near other human beings. They had no way of getting Jesus' attention. They're so far off and so distant that they had to scream and they had to shout with a very loud loud voice just to get Jesus' attention. Normally they, they scream, unclean, unclean, to keep people away from getting too close to them. But on this particular occasion, they shout, Jesus... Master, have mercy on us. And it just struck me as profound, and maybe it doesn't to you because we're so familiar with the name, but they called Jesus by name. And we know that there, there is salvation in no other name, that the name of Jesus is above all other names. There is healing in no other name but the name of Jesus. And they call on the name of Jesus for mercy. And I just begin to think, what did, these, what did these lepers believe? What did these 10 lepers believe about Jesus? What got them to this place where they could scream out his name and ask for mercy? And I thought just some things. Well, I believe they believe he has the ability to heal them. They really believe Jesus can do something about their pitiful state. That he has the power and he has the ability to change, to heal, to renew, and to restore. I believe they also believe that he's... he's He's got the inclination or he's got the willingness, if you will, to heal them. That he has towards them a a posture of mercy, a posture of compassion, and a posture of kindness. They believe Jesus is able and they believe Jesus is willing. And I just pause there for a second. And I wonder as I enter the building tonight, as, as we gather in this sanctuary tonight, do we come with that sense Is that something that's regular and first and foremost, that Jesus is truly able? Jesus has power. Jesus can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. Jesus can make all grace abound to us. Not just change and fix all of our problems, but Jesus can can and does extravagantly powerful uh, things in our hearts and in our lives. He can bring forgiveness. He can restore relationships. He can grant grace to have a peace and a strength and an ability to persevere through incredibly difficult situations and circumstances. Jesus Christ can help me to suffer well. Jesus Christ has the ability to help me to die well. Do we believe he has power and he is able tonight? Do we believe he's merciful tonight? 
Not just the ability to sing it, not just the ability to have a theological understanding of his mercy, but we, do we truly believe he's, his mercy is for me this evening? That's my rub. I'll be honest, I believe his mercy is for others. I've seen his mercy in others, but so often when it comes to me, I believe he can do it for them, but he can't do it for me. What unbelief lies in my heart? Do we really believe he's able and do we really believe his mercy? I pray in, the, in a few moments that we will be able to give testimony that our God is able and that our God has mercy on sinners. He has mercy on his children. And I've known that mercy this week. I've known that mercy this past year. And as we would testify that tonight, we would be encouraged as we would hear of his mercy in the lives of others uh, as we go about this evening, they believe some things about Jesus. The word of God says, Jesus responds, go show yourself to the priests. And while they are on their way, they are completely cleansed. Instantaneously, simultaneously, completely whole and well. Completely healed times 10. He makes them completely well they asked and he granted nine of them did what jesus instructed them to do go show yourself to the priest one did not when he saw that he was healed he turned back praise god with a loud voice fell on his face at jesus feet and gave him thanks for just a moment let's look at the nine and for just a moment this evening, let's look at the one. Now the nine, they believed that Jesus could heal them. They believed he was merciful. His disposition was toward them. They shouted out with a loud voice, and they asked him for mercy. He did. He healed them. And they supposedly went and did what Jesus told them to do and go to show themselves to the priest. But Jesus kind of says some things that should cause us to pause tonight. In this short text, he says, were not ten lepers cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? It seems like Jesus is shining a light on this, this for us to see something. I believe the light is being shown on ingratitude. We, we live in a world of ingratitude. Maybe the numbers, it's, it's not a one-to-one -one here. 90% their lives are blessed. God works with power. God does amazing things in their lives no gratitude, no acknowledgement of what he's done, and no acknowledgement of who he is. And yet only 10% come and give God in Jesus the thanks and praise that he so deserves in, in gratitude. It's the context for this, this, this story. Right before this, there's a, in, if you have your Bibles open, in, in Luke chapter 17, is the story of the unworthy servants, the unworthy slaves. I'll cut to the chase of the story. The, 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 the essence of the story is, is that the master owes the slave nothing, and the slave owes the master everything. That's kind of the quick teaching of, of the parable. And that gets at the root of ingratitude. God owes us nothing. That's just a hard truth to say, and it's a hard truth to hear. It's true. He owes us nothing, and we owe him everything. And when it comes 
to life, we live as if God owes us whatever he gives us and that we owe him nothing in return. The things I get, God does it because he owes me those things and I'm not having to owe him anything. That's ingratitude. And I think if we stop and pause for a moment and we're truthful with ourselves and we're truthful with this text, we would, we would pause and realize that uh, we in this room were far off worse than 10 lepers on that day when Jesus healed them spiritually. The, the word of God tells us that we have hearts that are desperately wicked and evil. We have hearts that do evil always and continually. We are always doing what, what is right in our own eyes. We, 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 have, we are all dead in our trespasses and sin. We, we are all haters of God. We are uh, all in a sense where our father is the devil and we were all by nature children of wrath destined to hell. To just stop for at least and consider who we were. And the text tonight says that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. No throwaway text in the Bible. The Bible says Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. Again and again, he describes, we're, we're going to Jerusalem. And I'm going to be handed over to the chief priests, and I'm going to be mocked, and I'm going to be beaten, and I'm going to be spit upon. I'm going to be unjustly tried, and they're going to kill me. But on the third day, I, I will rise. Jesus heals these lepers while he's going on a mission to die and to rise again. He's on a mission to Jerusalem where he will be hung on a cross. And as he is hung on a cross, he will bear all my filthy sin and all your filthy sin. He will bear it all living on the cross. He will bear the, 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 the guilt and the shame upon his shoulders as he hangs on that cross for all of our sin. He will not only that, but he will also bear the just condemnation and the just wrath and anger and fury that my sin deserves. My eternal hell will be borne by Jesus on the cross as he heads to Jerusalem. And his perfect obedience to the Father, as he would say the word, it is finished and live a perfect sinless life and bear our sin, he would impart and credit that very righteousness, righteousness to us through faith. Brothers and sisters, we have so much to be grateful and thankful for. And I'll be the first to say I am profoundly ungrateful for all the mercy and kindness God has shown me in Jesus. Ingratitude. It would do all of us an incredible good if God would be so kind and gracious, here kind and gracious today, to show me how ungrateful a person I am. He would just shine that on my life and, and, and it would lead me to places like I would recognize, Lord, I had no idea. Lord, you have done so many things in this area of my life, in this area of my life, in this area of life, and it's been so merciful and kind, and Lord, I haven't even seen it. Please forgive me. I am so sorry. Thank you for showing that to me. Jesus, thank you. Gratitude. That may be what we need more this thing. Uh, uh, Jerry Bridges in his book spoke about this ingratitude is sin. The thanklessness uh, uh, is sin. And, and in a chapter of his book, In Respectable Sins, he, he just began to show, talking about this verse. And what do we do with sin? We confess it. 
We repent of it, and we, and, we, and we look to God for mercy, and we respond to God in faith. And I do think it would be good as we would gather on a Thanksgiving Eve to at least be aware and to reckon with our ingratitude. Jesus shines a light on this text, and I believe he does it for our soul's good, to help us to see how often we can be so ungrateful for his amazing work in our lives. That's the nine, real quickly on the one. Real briefly on the one. And lastly, there was one who returned. And I don't want to just lift this guy up. God's going to receive all the glory, but let's just consider this one who returned. The, the, the nine were cleansed. They did what Jesus told them to do. Listen to this text. When he saw that he was healed, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. When he saw he was healed, when he realized what had happened, when he came to a full understanding of what took place, when he came to a full revelation of who that man Jesus was, he understood that this is the divine healer, and I experienced divine grace, and this is the very God who imparts that grace to us when his, his mind and his eyes and his heart were open to these great realities. I was in the very presence of God. I beheld the very glory of God when he saw that he was healed. The word of God said he turned back. Full of joy, full of amazement, full of wonder. He knows there's something more than just being healed of a disease. This man has come to provide a greater healing and a greater wholeness. This man has come to provide a shalom, a peace, and he wanted a relationship with this divine healer. More than healing us physically, he has came to heal us uh, spiritually. He has come here to be uh, a savior, uh, a redeemer, a restorer, and he turns back. He was going in one direction with these nine guys, and he stops going in that direction, and he goes in another direction. He sees and understands who Jesus is, and he turns back, and he does three things. See them this evening. He praises God with a loud voice. They put the loud voice in there. Didn't have to. He praised God with a loud voice. He didn't care what other people thought. He was going to give fitting praise to God. It was probably embarrassing. It was probably one of those, it's just you kind of feel sorry for the guy because he's kind of, no, he gave praise to God with a loud voice. He gave voice to what God has done. Now, we have healings all over the Bible. We have people praising God for healings all over the Bible. But first and foremost, this, this man turned back and with a loud voice, he expressed his praise of God. But see this, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet. This isn't what we see in most of the rest of Scripture. We have lots of people glorifying God for what, surely there's a prophet among us, but we don't have people falling on their face at Jesus' feet. And now we've begun to see the nature of what is taking place. Humility, a posture of humility. This man is, is down on his face. 
in front of Jesus, praising him with a loud voice, giving him worship, understanding you are holy and I am not. You are God and I am not. You, we owe you everything and you owe us nothing. And in a position of humility, he, he returns and falls at Jesus' feet and worships him, weeping, singing, worshiping face on the earth at the feet of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, it's a really good place to be in a posture of humility, worshiping Jesus. And the word of God says he gives him thanks. He says it. It's not enough to count my blessings. It's not enough to know that God has so richly blessed me. He praises God with a loud voice. He, he falls at Jesus' feet and he says, Jesus, thank you. He expresses his gratitude to Jesus. Jesus goes on and gives us the, the fullness of, of the understanding of what's taking place if there's any doubt in our minds. The final word, Jesus says, rise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Those words made you well as the, has, has saved you. This man has experienced salvation. Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet, but just like Zacchaeus and others, salvation's come to this house. Jesus is pronouncing it. This ain't the same man he was. This man is different from the other nine because he's experienced something, and it's called salvation. Jesus still has to finish that work on the cross, rise from the grave. But this is a different man. And brothers and sisters, this is what save folk do. We don't work. We don't earn. We don't merit. We simply give God the praise that he is due. We open our mouths and we say what we need to say. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, you have been so, so good. Jesus, I'm quick to find all the things I don't have and all the things that aren't right, and yet you have been so, so good. Our salvation, enough. He realizes, he sees, he turns. He returns, praising God loudly, falls at his feet, and he says, Jesus, thank you. I was thinking it was a commentator. I closed with this thought. Uh, as a commentator, I think it was John MacArthur. And he just kind of said something very interesting. Where did the other nine go? Well, the other nine assumingly went to where Jesus told them to go. And they went to the temple. They went to a synagogue. There's Galilee and Samaria. I don't know if they went to, to Jerusalem or if they went to Gerizim. I, I don't know where they went. But wherever they went, there was no glory there. Wherever they went, there was no presence of God there. But where this one man went was to the very presence of God, the full manifestation of the glory of God. And he fell at his feet, and he, and, he, and, he, and he praised him with a loud voice, and he said, thank you. He said that this man entered the holy of holies. And if you think about it, you can't get any closer to God than this man was. He's at the feet of Jesus. This man walked right on into the Holy of Holies. And mystery of mysteries, we gather here tonight. And that's the very privilege that you've been given and I've been given through faith in Jesus. 
One died, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. The temple curtain was rent in two, top to bottom. And we have the privilege, people. We have the privilege, not arrogantly, not proudly, but humbly, of walking into the throne room of God through faith in Jesus Christ and giving him the praise and the worship and the thanksgiving that he's so, so worthy of. May it not just be evident tonight, but it may be evident more and more in our lives as God would work this great truth and this great reality more and more. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, and would you inflame our hearts with a profound sense of gratitude for all that you are and all that you have done. May it not be just selfish what you've done for me, but as we would just look around this room tonight, Lord Jesus, your grace is extravagant. Your mercy is incomprehensible, and our lives are just drowning in blessing. I make light of no one's circumstances. Would you help us to see that tonight and delight, Lord Jesus, in the mercy and kindness you've shown us? Be glorified, we pray, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.